and from Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. We're now about five years into the still new feeling red hymn book entitled Glory to God. You got one in your pew. This hymnal replaced the blue Presbyterian hymnal that came out in the 1980s. A number of years ago, I was called to serve a church in southeast Missouri about the time when this blue Presbyterian hymnal was about to be published. I hadn't been there very long when on a Saturday afternoon, I got a phone call from an irate church member, the United States congressman from the district. He started berating the whole PCUSA for all manner of failings, including this soon-to-be-published Blue Hymnal. He was particularly outraged that the new hymnal had taken out the Battle Hymn of the Republic and the Star-Spangled Banner, among other hymns. I listened, but what else could I do? I wasn't yet 40 years old, and I wasn't used to taking phone calls from a United States congressman, much less an irate congressman who was a member of my congregation. But later, I wrote him a letter and gently pointed out to him that that old red hymnal that he cherished so much didn't include those hymns either. He never got over the hymn book, but we ended up having a good relationship anyway. We Presbyterians take our hymn books seriously, maybe more seriously than the Bible. The Psalms are the Bible's hymn book, Faith's songbook. Some Psalms, including the beloved 23rd, are attributed to David, that shepherd boy harp player who became Israel's greatest king, but most were written over many years by unnamed choir directors and court musicians. The Psalms were used in a variety of settings, and many were written for a particular context that we don't know today, and if we did know it, we probably wouldn't even understand it. But for most of the church's life, the Psalms, the Psalter, was the only songbook for worship. Like all music, the Psalms express the deepest of human emotions and feelings. The tone of the Psalms ranges from anguish and despair to ecstatic joy, from anger towards God to deep love for God. The Psalms express our doubts and fears as well as our hopes and dreams and deepest faith. The Psalms express our feelings about God, our feelings about each other, our feelings deep within our souls. So we find in Psalm 130, set to music by Martin Luther and Bach, expressions of human anguish, 
Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. And also words of quiet confidence. With the Lord, there is steadfast love. Or in Psalm 98, we hear a song in joyful praise of the God who is gracious with his people. A song extolling the goodness and greatness of God. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for God has done marvelous things. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the floods clap their hands. We find in the Psalms comfort for us in our distress, the light of hope to guide us in the darkness of our grief, and a promise that God will ever be with us. As in the hymn setting of Psalm 90, a hymn known by us all, our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. And we find in the confessions, in the Psalms, a confession of faith, such as we find in Psalm 146. I will sing praises to God my whole life. For many Christians, especially Protestants, the hymn book is as important to faith development as the Bible itself, which is why we Protestants squabble when the church changes our hymn books. Hymns are not just beloved songs. Hymns are expressions of our faith. Our faith and our hymns are inseparable. An old Latin phrase puts it this way, lex orande, lex credenda. Literally, the law of prayer is the law of faith. We might put it this way, that which we sing is what we believe. The fourth century theologian Augustine said, the one who sings prays twice. For many, the only prayers we know are the prayers we sing in our hymns. Through music, we express our doubts and fears and emotions, but we also express our faith. For music transcends the weaknesses of our human words and even human capacities. I find it interesting that a person who stutters does not stutter when he sings. It is as if he is free to finally and fully express himself. And oftentimes when persons suffer cognitive impairment or the onset of a disease like Alzheimer's, music continues to feed a person and soothe a person as nothing else can. In the Bible, remember how the boy David could soothe the troubled spirit of King Saul simply by playing his harp. The one who sings prays twice. And the one who sings lives to sing another day. It turns out singing is good for your health. Singing stretches the lungs. Singing keeps the mind nimble. 
especially when singing those new hymns or familiar tunes with unfamiliar and challenging new words. According to Stacy Horn, author of a book, Imperfect Harmony, Finding Happiness While Singing with Others, the act of singing releases endorphins, producing a singer's high similar to a runner's high. Stacy Horn writes, when the voices of singers surrounding me hit my ear, I'm bathed in dopamine, a neurotransmitter in the brain associated with feelings of pleasure and alertness. Need proof? Just look at our choir. See how good they look. Author Horn also cites the work of Ohio State music professor David Huron, who believes singing may generate prolactin, which is released in nursing women. Prolactin has a tranquilizing, consoling effect, which is why even sad music makes us feel better. I better stop now. I'm in way over my head. I don't lactate, and I wasn't very good in chemistry either. I do know this, singing and praying go together. And it doesn't matter how good a singer you are. Like the psalmist said, just make a joyful noise to the Lord. In fact, according to Stacy Horn, a 2005 study found that group singers experience the same positive benefits even when the sound produced by the vocal instrument is of mediocre quality. In other words, there's hope for all of us. All we have to do is sing some more. The one who sings prays twice. And those who teach others to sing and those who lead the rest of us in singing And those who sing for us pray thrice. We can't all sing. But we all are blessed by those who sing and pray with us and for us. Thank you, choirs. Thank you, Suzanne, for teaching us how to pray. We can thank them now. And music will carry us through even our grief, for music carries God's word to us. Music will carry us through our grief, for music brings us the comfort and joy of the gospel and the assurance of God's promises to us. Music will carry us from this day into tomorrow, on towards that day, when by God's grace we will join the celestial choirs of all of the saints singing our eternal praises to God. The music we carry in our hearts will carry us through all life. The psalmist wrote, I will sing praises to my God all my life long. 
or in the words of the 19th century hymn based on that psalm, my life flows on in endless song. Above earth's lamentation, I hear the sweet, though far off hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear the music ringing. It finds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? Now may the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. Amen.